Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Celebration Worship Service here at Gadsden First United Methodist Church. We're glad that you're joining us, whether you're in person or online. If you're sitting in your pajamas drinking a cup of coffee, welcome. We're glad that you're here. Have a watch party. Do something wild and crazy. Sit out on the back deck. Who knows? We're just glad that we are connected with you and worshiping with you today. Got a couple of announcements today. Uh, this coming Tuesday at Mosaic, we're doing something special. Um, at 6.30, we meet out in the courtyard, bring our camp chairs. And uh, this coming Tuesday, we're going to turn it into All Saints Tuesday. Right, Pastor Andy? Because uh, All Saints Sunday is coming up the first Sunday in November. But we're doing an All Saints Tuesday this coming Tuesday at Mosaic. Uh, so come and join us for that or uh, bring a friend with you. This coming Wednesday, the youth are carving pumpkins. It's not going to be messy at all. I promise it won't be messy at all. Um, next Sunday, the children, uh, next Sunday afternoon from 2 to 4, the children are doing something special. Or we're all doing something special for our children. Over at the Casey's Farm, Mark and Allison Casey's Farm, we're doing a, a trunk or treat. And there's going to be, of course, trunks decorated full of candy. There's going to be a petting zoo. There's going to be a bouncy house. There's going to be hot dogs. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's for fun for the whole family. If you want to help and you want to be one of the trunks that has the trunk or treats, contact Catherine Barnes right over here. She lifted her hand like that, like that's going to help. Um, you know Catherine. Contact her and, and let her know if you can help out with that. That's all I have for announcements this morning. Let's pray and we'll get started worshiping. Lord, what a beautiful day we have. And thank you for giving us the gift of this day. Thank you for being able to worship you from our hearts, whether we're here or whether we're at home. Uh, we know that you hear our praise today and we offer it up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. i 
So I wanted to let everybody know our mission team focus this month is manna, and we are going to have a short video from manna. But while we do that, if any children want to go to Children's Church with Catherine Barnes, you guys are going to have an awesome time. And here, check out this video from manna. Um, um, most of our clients don't drive. drive. 
A lot of them have uh, family and children that live out of state. So we're there to bridge that gap of isolation as well as being kind of safe and a, and a lot of children of our clients, they depend on us more for that safety check than they do the food because obviously they're out of state. And our volunteers become so accustomed to our clients because they're delivered to, they're normally the first ones to notice if something's wrong. If, they're, you know, if the client's having an issue or something's just not right. So we're kind of like that first line of defense right there too. But yes, yes, so much more. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. If, if somebody, somebody watching, watching this right, right now says, I would love to drive from Anna or help in some way, how would they do that? Well, they can look us up on our Facebook page, Manna Gadsden, or go to our website, managadsden.org, which there's a form to volunteer you can fill out. It'll be emailed to me. Or just call us at the office, 256-543-5876. Leave me a message, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. You can guarantee that, because we really need volunteers. And I know it's been a rough year for so many organizations financially. If somebody's watching this and they say, I would love to give to man, how would they do that? That would be wonderful. You can also donate on our um, website at managadsky.org, I'm sorry. Or again, you can give us a call. Uh, we can talk, we can meet, you can mail it to me. Um, anything that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly meet you at Johnson's. <laughs> Whatever we can do, because COVID really has had us hard. We were unable to have any kind of fundraisers this year. Uh, the majority of our donations come from local churches, and as everyone knows, churches struggled when COVID first started. They weren't meeting, and we were trying to have outdoor services, and, uh, and then our economy, everybody was so unsure, so it's set in that fear. And, and I understand that people have a fear of giving because they don't know when they're going to get again. And that had a lot to do with uh, a lot of the participants that, that normally uh, uh, come together with us in our golf conference and stuff. They just said, well, you know, we can't even pay our employees this year. So it's been rough all across the board. But Manna has been going strong since day one. We have not stopped delivering meals since all this has happened. We've actually delivered since March 26th until September 30th. During COVID, we've delivered 13,333 meals. That during COVID. That's amazing. During COVID. I'm very blessed with the volunteers that I have and very blessed to be able to have this position and be able to continue to do it through the pandemic. It's been rough, but we're going strong. So if you're watching this, uh, go and help with Mana if you're able to. And please be praying for Mana that you so much good in our community. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having us. And everybody just remember Mana in your prayer. So I wanted to let everybody know you can um, give your gifts financially to the church uh, through our website. Uh, you can also mail them in or however, however else you've been doing that during the COVID season. If you would like to give to Mana, uh, you can just mark Mana on your check. Uh, and we would love for some of our church members to drive for Mana if you're interested. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we pray for manna, uh, and we also lift up all the ministries of this church here, God. We pray that you will continue to use us to be your hands and feet in this local community. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
When my heart grows cold and my flesh is failing, for the Spirit is willing to point me back to you. For to live is Christ and to die is
Good morning, everybody, and good morning to everybody watching at home. We are so glad that you're with us. So we are in a sermon series. Um, so when you're over it, but it's not really over. That is 2020, isn't it? And maybe after today, we may walk away saying, I need better friends, or maybe I need to be. of Job in the Bible before? I bet you have. It's a strange book in the Bible. Um, and it's, it's not the funnest book <laughs> that I've ever read in the Bible. Um, but here's the gist of it. If you haven't heard the story of Job before, Job is a really good guy. We learned this last week. He has great integrity. And Satan thinks uh, the only reason that Job is so good is because he's been blessed with so much stuff, Right? But how's Job going to act when this stuff is gone? Um, but another lesson from the story of Job is Job's friends. During 2020, every one of us is either going to be hurting at some point or we are going to have friends that are hurting at some point. It may be both, but at some point we are going to have a lesson personally in our friendship, right? How are we going to act to our friends when they are hurting during this year? Um, and how are our friends going to act to us? So I want to recap a little bit of the book of Job before uh, Job's friends come to visit him, all right? As Pastor Sam preached last week, uh, Job's children have died, right? Now his servants are also dead, uh, but now Job has also lost all of his animals, all of his crops, everything is gone. So now his wealth is gone, just everything uh, as Pastor Sam preached again last week, his wife tells him, why don't you curse God and die? And yet there's more. He now gets severe sores from his head to his toes. It sounds like this guy has COVID, right? Like it just gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, everything's going bad for him. Do you know what I think Job needs now? Job needs his friends to show up, don't you think? If, if you've lost everything and now you have sores head to toe, it's time for your friends to show up, isn't it? And that's what's going to happen. So uh, do you think his friends are going to be good or bad? I don't know. Pastor Sam, what do you think? <laughs> A little bit of both. So Job chapter 2, verses 11 through 13, this is what happens. When Job's three friends heard about the disaster that had happened to him, they came, uh, each one from his home, Eliphaz from Teman. Bilbad from Shua, and Zophar from Nema. They agreed to come so they could console and comfort him. When they looked up from a distance, they didn't recognize him. They wept loudly. Each one tore his garments and scattered dust above his head toward the sky. They sat with Job on the ground for seven days and seven nights, not speaking a word to him, for they saw he was in excruciating pain. Job's in bad shape, right? They don't even recognize him. Have you ever um, gone to see a friend, gone to check on a friend, and you don't recognize them? You know they're doing bad. Um, but here's what these friends did right. They are present. They came uh, to be with their friend. Not only did they come to be with their friend, they all came, it said, from different towns. So they had to coordinate this, right? And it wasn't like they could text message each other. They had to like really work on this getting together and being there for their friend, right? So they're present 
and it said they were there for a while. So these guys took time off from their jobs, their farm, whatever it is they're doing, they took time off to be with their friend. But again, the most impressive thing to me is that they're present, and it says they were silent. They were silent. Have you ever just sat with someone in silence when they were going through something? It can be awkward, right? It can feel awkward, but just sits with somebody. Maybe in an ER waiting room, at a hospital, or after they lost someone, just sit with people, just sit with them. I don't know if you noticed this in the story, but clearly these three friends are not Methodist, and also they're not from Gadsden, Alabama. And you're thinking, well, why would you say that? Obviously they're not. But they didn't bring a pie, and they didn't say, my friend's grieving, I'm gonna run by Pruitts. They didn't do that. Who? You know, if your friend's hurting, the very first thing you're going to think is, I've got to bring them some food, right? They didn't do that. Maybe they didn't. It's not in the story. But uh, I just thought I would point that out to you. Um, do you struggle with any of these things that they do did right? I do. Sometimes our friends just need us to be present and to be silent. Uh, maybe they just need us to be still. I struggle with keeping my mouth shut. Um, it's almost like God said... Andy, you get two million words a day, and I feel like I've got to use every word every day. Is anybody else like that? I've got to use all my words in a day. If I don't get them all out at work and around my friends, my wife's going to have to hear those rest of the words I have, right, at nighttime. Some of you may be like that. So it can be awkward. I know when we're sitting with that friend who's grieving, sometimes we feel like I've got to come up with an inspirational quote. I've got to come up with a scripture to say. But sometimes what our friends need is us just to be present and still and be there with them, right? And sometimes it requires asking the Holy Spirit, being aware and saying, God, do you want me to say something or do you want me to be quiet? Um, sometimes we don't need to say an inspirational quote. Um, I can remember a time, I was only 24 or 25, uh, and I had a coworker something terrible. She had had a tragedy in her family. She was out of work for a couple of weeks. When she came back to work, every coworker would go up one at a time and say, I'm so sorry. And she would just start grieving and crying all over again. And I make the mistake sometimes because I don't know what to do. But in this case, I thought, this, this coworker does not need me to say something. So this coworker, I, I finally just talked to her. I was like, oh, you missed this funny thing happened, that funny thing. And I just tried to make it like a normal day, right? And that could have been an epic fail, because I could have been the biggest jerk. I could have been the Grinch, right? I don't know what she thought at the time about that. A week or two later, she thanked me and said, thank you for not bringing it back up, because I've been through so much. So sometimes it's relying on the Holy Spirit when our friends are grieving to know what to do, because each person is different. Um, some of our friends may want us to visit them in the hospital. Some may want a bunch of phone calls, whereas others just want you to text them. Some people, like you said, they don't want visitors in the hospital. There's other people, they want the whole First Methodist Choir to be there singing to them. Like, it's different. Everybody's different, right? And we have to pray and ask for the Holy Spirit's leading on how to respond to our friends. Um, but now, I said what Job's friends got right. They were present. They were quiet. They were there. They committed time to be there. But here's where Job's friends mess up big time. And sometimes we do, too. The silent part, they should have kept it wet that way because these friends are going to cover uh, the rest of the 42 chapters of Job. And what they're going to do is they're going to make long 
drawn out speeches about why this happened and about how God is mad at Job. You must have really messed up, Job. You're a sinner. This is why this happened. Um, you shouldn't have done whatever it is you did. God's getting back at you. So here's number one. Job's friends had really, really bad theology. Um, when our friends are hurting, the last thing they need is us to have bad theology and to say God is harming you or God is angry at you and that's why this happened. And maybe you've heard this type of thing before where something bad happens in our community and you hear people saying, well, God did it because uh, somebody messed up or some, that person sinned or whatever other reason that is bad theology. I've heard people say things like, well, God needed that child in a choir. Don't say these bad theology things. We're making things worse and we're hurting people. As Pastor Sam said last week, bad things happen oftentimes because of our foolishness, but sometimes it's because we're in a fallen world where bad things happen. And bad things happen because people have freedom and do terrible things. But we know about Jesus. Jesus brings hope and life and healing, not harm and destruction. So we shouldn't tell people things that are bad theology. We're not helping our friends at that point, and we're definitely not helping them grow in their faith when we use bad theology. So that's number one. Number two, I notice about these friends, even if they thought they were speaking truth and something that Job needed to hear, this was not the right timing, right? We've all had friends that need to hear something. Maybe it's because they've gotten into a mess from their own foolishness, maybe because of a drug problem or they mishandled money or they were rude to people. But this guy has boils all over his body his children have died. His servants died. He has, his wealth is gone. They use bad timing. This was not the time and place for them to give their opinion about why something bad happened. That's a lesson we can all learn, right? When our friends are hurting, pray about it. Is this the right timing for me to say something? Uh, number three that I notice about these friends, they're really judging Job's character really bad because they are saying, Job, you've done terrible things and that's why this happened, Right? Do they really know their friend and his integrity? Why would they think that Job was so bad that God would do all this stuff to Job? They're really judging his character really, really bad. When our friends are hurting, let's not judge their character and shame them and make them feel horrible, right? Number four, and this one always makes people laugh, right? But number four that I noticed about these friends, I think these friends stayed way too long, right? Have you ever been grieving and you have somebody come to visit you and before you were so thankful they're there, but now you're silently praying to yourself, God, please make this family member leave now, right? I need a break. You've been there. It's funny. You've been there. Um, so if you notice, his friends are agitating him. They keep talking and their friend has been grieving and now their friend is arguing with them and he has boils all over his whole body. He does not need this right now. And even if these friends weren't going to leave town, couldn't they have at least taken a break? Couldn't they have at least just driven to Villa Fiesta and said, we're just going to go pick up some food and be gone for a while and come back? They didn't do that. They stayed and drove him crazy. This is what happens in Job 16.2. This is what Job says to his friends. I've heard many things like these. All of you are sorry comforters. That's what Job says to his friend. You're sorry comforters. Have any of your friends ever said that to you? I hope not. Here's how annoying these friends are, right? And hopefully we're never this annoying. Because Job says that, and then these chapters just continue of his friends being annoying and saying bad theology and doing terrible things. Job 42, 7 through 9, the Lord's going to step in. <laughs> so here's what happens. Uh, verse 7. 
After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, he said, Eliphaz from Taman, I'm angry at you and your two friends because you have spoken about me incorrectly. The Lord is now mad at these friends, right? May we never be in that place. So here it is in 2020, uh, if you have not had a close friend suffering or just having a bad time, you will, or it may be you. Maybe we just need to be silent, right, and be present. Because people like, I know I struggle. It's hard for me to not run my mouth constantly and feel like I have to say something. Sometimes silence is what we need to do. Uh, we don't always have to think of an inspirational quote to say. We don't always necessarily have to have a scripture to say to somebody. They may just need us to be there, right? Uh, don't use bad theology. We know how harmful that is when our friends are suffering. It's okay to say we don't know. Sometimes people say, why did God let this ha happen or something like that? And it's okay to say we don't know. It's better than using bad theology. Um, think before we speak. Is what I'm saying going to be helpful or harmful? Um, and then it's not in this story. It's not necessarily in the Bible. But when our friends are hurting, maybe they need food, right? Maybe they need some Pruitts. I want to close with this. Jesus had some friends really, really close to him. And you know these friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Lazarus has gotten really, really sick. Um, and his friend, uh, and, now, and now Lazarus has passed away. Jesus gets this news, but Jesus is far away, and it's going to take him four days to get there. Jesus loves these friends. He really cares about them. John 11, verse 33 says this. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had been with her crying also, he was deeply disturbed and troubled. He asked, where have they laid him? They replied, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to cry. The Jews said, see how much he loved him? We see Jesus in this story crying because he sees his friends crying. Jesus cares for each of us in the same way. When we are saddened, Jesus is saddened. Uh, when we are harmed, when there's terrible things going on, Jesus is sad with us. Jesus, we know, does not bring harm, is not going to bring, um, say nasty things to us like these friends did. We know that Jesus brings comfort. Jesus brings hope, encouragement, and tells us who we are. Jesus reminds us that we are beloved children of God. Jesus reminds us that we are cared for, that we are loved. Jesus reminds us that we are worth coming to live on this earth for, to face rejection for, to be made fun of, to be crucified. That's how much Jesus loves us. So each one of you, whether you're going through a rough time or you have a friend going through a rough time, you are deeply cared and loved for by Jesus. So when our friends are hurting this year, may we remember to love the way that Jesus loves. May we be remembered to inspire the way that Jesus inspired. May we share the light of Christ, the light of hope, with those who are hurting and do the opposite in a lot of the ways these friends did. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we pray that you will inspire us, that you will teach us to share your love with grace, with love, with mercy. God, we pray that in those times when we don't know what to say, you will give us the words to say or gently remind us to be silent, to be quiet. God, we pray for all those people that are hurting right now. We pray for the doctors, the nurses. 
We pray for the shut-ins, everybody that's just tired, that's burnt out, God. We pray for your peace. We pray for your comfort. And we pray that the people that are followers of Jesus, that we will bring comfort and hope to these folks. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
So as we go about our day, whether you're watching online or you're here in person, as we go about our day, may we be the friends that Jesus has called us to be. May we bring hope and comfort to those in need. Go in peace.